Welcome to What the Fantasy, where we talk a little bit about fantasy and other fun life topics. My name is Brandon, and you can find me doing writing for the League Winners, IDP guys, uh, doing some videos for the Fantasy Authority. And recently, I just joined the Campus of the Canton guys, and here is my co-host. Hey guys, my name is Zade Kantsabedian. Uh, you can find me at ZKantsFF on Twitter. I currently write for Yards Per Fantasy. I write for the Devi team at Dynasty Nerds, and I do some work at PFF. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here, and I want to say congratulations to Brandon. This is his brainchild. He uh, he called me up one day and asked me if I wanted to do this with him, and uh, he had pretty much led the charge. And I tried to chip in where I could, but congratulations to you, man! And I'm very excited for this. You know, for this being our first episode together, this should be a lot of fun. Yes, I'm so I'm so glad you uh, joined me in this endeavor, and uh, hopefully, good. yeah, hopefully it goes well. So tonight we're going to start off things off a little different than probably when we go forward. But with the Scott Fishbowl eleven going on, we wanted to talk a little bit about that and our teams because this is my uh, first first uh, time doing Scott Fishbowl, and I believe mm -hmm. it's yours too. It is. Yeah, I'm very happy to be you know be able to participate in it. Yes. So I just yeah. finished mine uh, yesterday. Uh, the last cool. few rounds really lagged on, but we finally got it done. And I believe you you just picked your last player yesterday also, possibly. Yeah, yeah, we picked like two days. We finished like two days ago, and I told you I was gonna pick a kicker, but I don't know what happened. I don't know, I don't know why I folded to it. I was it's because I wasn't sure of like waivers and I didn't want to have an empty roster spot. So I was like, I'll just pick a kicker. But I, I got the Rams kicker, you know, and he sh they should be able to put up points and get good field position. So I'm kind of happy about that. The, um, I'm about to put up the rosters, but the funny thing is both of our last picks was the same last pick. Matt Gay for the Rams. So yeah. I picked him uh, also, and we kind of matched up there. So, yes. Okay. So I'll let you go first. Just talk me through what, what you kind of did and, you know, some some of the snipes that happened in the draft and, you know, some of the things you learned. Yeah, well, I mean – I uh, I kind of gave the the scoring system a brief overview overview real quick for a couple of days, kind of studied it, um, and I just was waiting to see what happened in the first round. Saquon Barkley fell to me, and I knew that like I know there's a lot of caution in the wind right now with Saquon Barkley, but I try to be more I'm a, more of an aggressive drafter. I'll take the guy if I see him, and I'll deal with repercussions later if there are repercussions. Uh, George Kittle was a was a shoe in. That's that's a sure thing. I'm not letting him slip past me in the second round. Uh, Joe Burrow, love him. I think that's going to be a high octane offense, a lot of pass attempts. Baker Mayfield, I think he's on the come up. He's a sleeper, you know. And then, you know, the wide receivers, Michael Thomas, one of the best wide receivers in the game. Deontay Johnson, fan, I'm a you know big big favorite of mine. And then I went Jamar Chase and Odell Beckham for the double stack with Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. Um, I did a couple. I did a little bit of reaching for Jamar Chase. I actually actually skipped over Amari Cooper because I wanted the Jamar Chase stack so bad. It was probably unnecessary. Uh, then I got Damian Harris. We got some uh, hype coming up about him today as uh, being a, a solid starter. And I got him like I got him in the middle of the round, the middle of the draft. AJ Dillon, uh, Gus Edwards, Corey Davis. These are like late solid, you know, floor guys. I think AJ Dillon and Gus Edwards are solid floor guys. AJ Dillon, I think, will produce at a nice, you know, at a nice clip next year. Um, if, if Aaron Jones go de goes down, he's going to be a league winner, I think. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is gonna. I, I'm pretty like I'm 95% sure that Teddy Bridgewater will be the starting quarterback in Denver. Drew Locke is, you know, he's pretty much trash. I think. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I'm a, fa a, a favorite of. Uh, Anthony Ferkser, uh, people are sleeping on him. He was just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there for maybe like four rounds. I just went him and picked him up. James White, people are sleeping on him. 
finished 10th in um, targets at the running back position last year. And that was with an off year where he had his brother pass away, you know, horrible tragedy happened to his family. The whole entire team was a mess. I think James White's going to come back and, you know, reclaim one of the top pass catching thrones at the running back position next year um, or this year. Paris Campbell, love him. John Brown, I think he's going to lead the team in the uh, lead the team at the wide, re- wide receiver position in uh, production. Jordan Love, why not? Olimidi Zacchaeus, love him as a receiver. Amari Rogers, if Rogers comes back and Amari Rogers, you know, lives up to the hype, he'll be a very productive wide receiver two, three. And, you know, Matt Gay, like we were talking about. So there's a lot of, uh, not a lot, but there's some similarities and a lot that you've said about some of those players uh, I agree with. So one thing I think I would change if I'm in Scott Fishbowl again is doing some more mots. I did one at the very end, but we only got through half of it. So I didn't really get the, you know, the whole whole picture of what was going on. And I don't believe I picked a spot. So I had the second spot, which I was happy getting Patrick Mahomes. But there was such a long uh, lag in between my picks. So I got Mahomes because I know you need the quarterback there. And then coming back around, I wanted to make sure I got a tight end. And Hawkinson with the Lions is as low as I really wanted to go in the main, you know, top five tight ends. So I got him, and then coming back around in the third round, I wanted to get a quarterback. I thought uh, Tannehill was going to be there. I was ready to pick him, and then the guy right before me picked Tannehill. So I kind of switched up and went with Gibson as running back. And then at pick four, I was going to pick a quarterback. I thought about Baker and some other guys, but I went with running back because it felt like by the time the pick came back, the running backs would go down. And I'm pretty high on Dobbins, even though I'm kind of scared about the touchdowns with Lamar there. Then I went and got my first wide receiver with Mike Evans. I'm not a huge Mike Evans guy, but I actually did a piece on the Buccaneers receivers since Antonio Brown has come back with them. And Evans was the clear leader there. And he's the big play guy, you know, with the touchdowns. And then I went with the quarterback with Derek Carr. Um, he's he's a good, you know, second quarterback and then uh, I went with a couple uh, young receivers and T. Higgins and Chase Claypool. I think they're both going to do really well and get a lot of targets in, uh, in both of those offenses. Then I went with my boy James Robinson because I think everyone's sleeping on him and he's still going to have a solid year, not nearly as high as last year. But I see him and ETN both being running back twos this coming year with him having some big weeks here and there. And then I just went on, on a huge, huge uh, rookie wide receiver run. Went with Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore. I love all those guys. I'm thinking one of those is going to hit, you know, and they're going to be my third or fourth receiver anyway. And then I I uh, went with the kicker. I thought I was going to be the first one with the kicker, but someone went right before me. So I got Koo with the uh, Falcons, who I think is going to, is a very good kicker, but I don't know what the Falcons offense is going to do, but he was very good last year. Then came back with uh, Cole Komet with the Bears. I think uh, he's going to have a big, you know, uh, role for the Bears. And then, uh, as we've talked about before, Kenny Gainwell, we both love him. I was sad to see him drop in the draft, but I still think that he landed in a spot where he could be successful. And then uh, I waited so long on third quarterback, got Teddy Bridgewater. You're way higher on Teddy than I am. I don't think he's very good, but he might play because Drew Locke is, is worse, I think. And then to round out, I got some other kind of high upside guys with Jared Dokes because we don't know what's going to happen with that Miami backfield. Deami Brown, 
could be big uh, if they start throwing the ball with Fitzmagic. Hainhurst, because I think with the tight end premium, and then I think the Falcons will play both him and Pitts. And then since no other quarterbacks were around, I got Mariota just in case Derek Carr gets hurt or they Derek Carr totally blows it. And then, you know, at least I have a second quarterback there. And then I thought, what the hell, let me just throw a couple more kickers on the board. So I ended up with with three kickers. So who knows, maybe some week I will be uh, throwing three kickers out there. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's how I, I went with, uh, my lineup for the Scott, Scott fishbowl. It's scary with, it's scary when you're playing with kickers and especially like two quarterbacks. It's, it's scary because you can get penalized so much if those players don't, don't, don't perform well for the week. And, uh, I actually thought about, I actually toyed up with the idea of like starting like three kickers, because I was like, oh, you know, that's a solid floor. But if they miss a kick, that hurts a lot. And so I was like, maybe not. Maybe I won't do that much. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of guess, I'm kind of playing with the idea of maybe not starting two quarterbacks just to minimize the damage week in, week out. But I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say James Robinson is your boy. You know, he's my boy too. I love James Robinson. I'm happy that you got him. And I noticed that we got Kenneth Gainwell almost in the same uh, same round. I got him in the 14th. You got him in the 15th. Um I gotta say props to you for taking Jared Dokes. I love that. I didn't have the I didn't have the guts to take him. I was gonna take him, but then everybody's for some reason everybody's everybody's talking about Malcolm Brown like he's gonna be a thing this year. And I'm just you know I'm it kind of shook me off it for a little bit. It's it's one of those things where you're so in love with a guy, but then the echo chamber starts pushing you off because you just hear the narrative, and you just gotta have that fortitude to stay with your guy because there's nothing worse than not staying with your guy. And week four or five comes around and he pops. And you're like, why do I listen to these people? Why do I listen <laughs> to all these professional analysts when I should be listening to myself? Oh, yeah. I like your team. It turned out nice. Yeah, I like – I think I do like yours a little better. I like your quarterback situation, I think, better. And some of the wide receivers you got, I love. I love Jamar Chase. You know, I, I wish I would have gotten Anthony Furtzer because I've been big on the Furtzer train even, you know, even after they got Julio. Yeah. But I think maybe someone got him right before me. And I mm-hmm. think that was a good good pick with the Jordan Love because who knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. So that could be a, a steal for you that right. late in the draft. In the 19th round, why not? Just take him as a fourth quarterback, you know, why not? That's cool. I'll take that. Right. So yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. I I think um you got in you got into the Scott Fish Bowl late also, right? Near I the did. End. Yeah. So I, I did the- also, and I was I was very surprised but very happy. And I'm not going to lie, I since I wasn't in it until the end, I didn't realize it was coming up so quickly. So yeah. that's why I jumped in a mock with like two days left. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I didn't do. I didn't do a mock at all. I should have. I didn't know where to go. I was asking around. I just didn't get a response about it. But I was like, all right, I'll just keep the scoring settings in front of me and just try to keep them in mind. And last time I did that was for the Yorks for Fantasy draft last year. Where I didn't do a mock. And I just had the scoring settings in mind. And I finished. I went to the finals. So I figured I could just ride that, you know, ride that energy again. Pretty fun, though. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good challenge. Right. Yeah, definitely. Did you by chance apply to be in the Warrior Bowl? Because I know that's coming up, too. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what that is. Oh yeah, it's uh, some guys that um, do it from overseas, and it's a big uh, charity kind of tournament, also. And okay. you get, I think, some like prizes, like NFL stuff, and it's about to start up. I don't. I think it's pretty big, but I don't know how many people. Uh, I don't think there's as many people as in the Scott Fish Bowl, okay. but uh, it's it's kind of similar, uh, similar type thing with all kinds of different divisions and everything. 
Uh, I only heard about it because when I did the IDP guys uh, pre-draft uh, show, one of the right. uh, guys from there came on and talked about it. So I applied. But um, okay. yeah, it's a, so maybe a next charity, that's something you can uh, look into. I've actually yeah. done a couple of charity things and I think they're all fun. We actually, uh, we actually just selected um, the charity for our specific division, for the Snoop Dogg division. Uh, it was um, the guy who drafted the quickest um, selects it, and I was the guy that drafted the quickest. And I chose this charity called Operation Surf that works with pretty much veterans who have, like were disabled, whether it's physically or mentally. Uh, and it basically takes them out, and they take them out, they surf, improve their quality of life through surfing. I got the surfboard back there. You know, I could, you know, I've, I've volunteered with organizations like this and I've seen the difference that it makes. So I'm really like, I'm really stoked about this and giving money to them so they can have more surfboards, more surfboards, more means more surfing and more surfing means more healing. And that's, you know, I'm very stoked about that. These guys deserve it at, at the least is to catch some good waves. So yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. That That's awesome. Uh, in the good Charlotte division, I don't think we ever talked about uh, what charity we would donate to, but I'm sure right. I think we're all still in that group chat. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that later on, but you know, there's some, there's some great charities out there and that's all I've never heard of that one. So that, it's that's cool. awesome for you that uh, you're all for that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm stoked about it. All right. So next we'll go into uh, a segment we're going to have every week. Uh, do a would you rather we'll do some life some fun topics and then we'll do some football ones but we'll start off with the life uh fun topics so the first one is would you rather be able to speak any language or be able to communicate with animals so i will start off i would communicate with animals because i'm a big uh, dog guy which we'll talk we have a we have another one about that but i always want to know what happened with the dogs what they're talking about when they bark what's going on. We have a couple rescues. So I want to know what happened in their life. Cause you know, I, I don't know. They're scared and just want to know what's going on. want to be yeah. able to talk with them. And I'm a big uh, family guy fan. So I've always thought, you know, if I could talk and drink beer with my dog, that it would be, it would be the best time. So uh, that's what I'll pick. So what, what would you go with? I definitely be. I'd love to communicate with animals. I would absolutely love it. I mean, I feel like I, I have two cats. They're two boys. And they they both have their very like distinct personalities, but I already feel like I can talk to them. I already feel like we're talking all the time. We just have a really good bond. But yeah, I would definitely love to talk to animals and see what's going on in their world. I've talked to people like, well, I, I've talked to people all my life. I'm done talking to people. I want to talk to animals. I want to see what what's going on with them. You know, empathize with them, see what's going on in their world. What are they worried about? So yeah, it'd be an interesting interesting discussion day in and day out to get a view in that world. My only concern is it would be kind of like uh, in Dr. Doolittle where all the voices would be going crazy in your head. So oh, uh, well, what, yeah. I wouldn't like that because that would drive you crazy. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be terrible. Yeah, maybe where you can pick which animals you listen to at one time. I wouldn't want to listen to certain animals because yeah. I think that would that would turn out bad. So I, yeah. if you could turn it on and off, that would be that would be for the best. Right. Okay. Next one. Would you rather be invisible or be able to fly? So I'll let you go with this one first. I feel like we're going to be the same on this. We're going to fly, right? We're flying, right? We got to be. Okay. I would love to fly, but yeah. I think being invisible would be cool too. You can it play so many tricks on people. It would be. It would be. But I don't know. There's something that's amazing about the experience about being just being able to fly. Like, you know, like Superman, just like all the, all the comic book people we grew up watching. I just want to just take off and be gone. And I guess it kind of fits with my personality too, because I'm very uh, introverted. 
So I don't mind being alone by myself in the year. <laughs> that kind of suits my personality. What about gotcha. you? Another reason about flying, I don't think I've ever told you this. All my friends know about this. I am deathly and unexplainably afraid of all birds. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, it goes back to when I was five and my my parents told me I got a Sesame Street barn and I would only play with it when they put stickers over the chickens because I was afraid of it. uh, I've had encounters with birds later on in life, but the beginning, it's unexplainable. Uh, we've, uh, when I was in college, we've tailgated before and there's this area around the baseball stadium that's right by a pond and it has, you know, a bunch of trees and birds would come flying out of the trees. And there's many times my friends would make fun of me because I would dive onto the ground out of nowhere trying to escape the birds. So it's a, it's a pretty big fear and it's it's a very bad one because there's birds everywhere. What's the, is there a name for that condition? There is, I don't remember what it is though. I'll have to okay. look it up. It's probably like AV off, a- avian phobia or something like that, right? Something like right. that along yeah, those lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I maybe that's part of the reason I wouldn't want to fly. I mean, I think it would be fun. So I guess if it would be another qualifier, if I could fly and avoid all birds, then I would pick that. But because you can now talk to animals, you guys can figure it out. Why would you be they're, – they're, they're, they'll probably just reassure you, but Brandon, it's fine. It's cool. You know, we can, you can have beers with your dogs and you can have beers with the birds. It'd be totally fine. I'm sure you guys could work it out if you could communicate with them. That they is true. That is a yeah. good point. We should uh, start combining all of these so it <laughs> can make the decision play better. It's a holistic approach to would you rather. I like it. So yeah. the next one, as I mentioned, is uh, dogs or cats. Uh, as I mentioned before, I have uh, dogs. I have three dogs. We just got yeah. our thir- third dog. I never had dogs growing up, never had cats. The best thing I had were two fish, but my mom got beta fish. Did not mm. know you could not put them in the same bowl as one another. So they both ate each other. So that was the, wow. that was the only pet I had growing up. So when we got dogs, I, I love them because, you know, they make your day feel better and they're always there for you. Uh, I just feel like cats can be evil. Um, so I know you're on the side of cats. So let's hear uh, hear your point of view. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a cat person, but I do love dogs. Uh, I primarily have cats right now because I live in an area. I live in a building where we can only just have cats. Uh, we're not even supposed to have cats in my building, but our landlord is so cool and so empath- sympathetic towards having an animal. You know, she just she let us have two cats. So I'm very stoked to have these two guys. They both have just completely different personalities. One's just very introverted and one is just a complete butthole all the time. He's always just mean to the other one. But um, yeah, it's great. I don't, it, one day, hopefully, if we get enough land and enough property, I'd love to get like, um, I've always wanted like a golden retriever, like one of those cool like family dogs that you always see like in the family photos where they're all the other fans, like, you know, when they're at the beach in the, in the white shirts and the jeans and there's like the Labrador <laughs> or something like that or the whatever, one of those dogs family friendly dogs yeah gotcha you don't really yeah. see, i feel like you don't see that very often usually it's people are either dog or cat people um yeah. if i have a couple of friends that have cats and you know i'm fine with them but for the most part I, I i just have never really been a cat person right on yeah some if you're not a cat person it's because you think cats are sadistic evil creatures who are out to rule the world and overthrow the overthrow the government it might be I've watched too many uh, animated movies growing up that 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 shows that the cats are evil and everything. So I don't know. They get, a, they get a bad rap. They get a bad rap. And if anything, think about it like this. They're the one animal 
who can take care of themselves. If they could pay a rent, I'm sure they pay their own portion of the rent. They get up and go to the bathroom when they want to. You don't really have to take it for walks. And they just kind of like when they want to come up and love you, they'll come up and love you. And when they want to kind of like want to go away, they'll they go away. They want to do their own thing. That's why I like them. They're a little independent. That, that is true. That is a, a added bonus because I know, you know, when you have dogs, you have to board them or get someone to take care of them when you go out of town. And I'm guessing with cats, you don't have to do that. Just to get the neighbor, whoever, feed them, clean the litter. That's it. Game over. Go back about, go about your day. Okay. So I think we're going to continue to stay uh, divided on this topic, but we'll, we'll go to the next one. Um, this one you actually came up with today. Yeah. Uh, would you rather try to survive a shark or a lion attack? So I'll let you start it off with with this one. Uh, I'd rather try to survive a lion attack. And I don't think my odds would be good in either. But at least with a lion attack, I'd be able to have control over my legs and my movement. And I'm not just this floating piece of meat in the water, you know. And I don't think lions grow up to like 20 feet. Sharks are are apex predators that have been evolving for, oh God, how many, like since the beginning of time, since like the big bang, there have been sharks since the creation of the universe. And they've been evolving ever since then. So <laughs> just, all they do is kill. They're amazing creatures. I think they're beautiful. I respect them as a surfer, but I do not want to get into a conversation or anywhere close to a shark of any type. So lion for me, I could probably run away from a lion, hopefully, or hide somewhere. I don't know where, but lion. So, so yeah, I think both would be terrifying and yeah. something I wouldn't want to do. But I do wonder, because at least from what I've heard, I've never been bit by a shark that, you know, when you get bit by the shark and they're bleeding, they're going to continue to circle around. And I wonder if the lion ripped off a leg or an arm, would it right. go, would it like start eating it? And then you could maybe like get away. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be very fast, especially if you lost a leg. So that's what I would wonder. And I'm not a very strong swimmer, so I guess ooh, I guess I would go with the lion attack. Also, it's tough either way. See, the sharks they don't necessarily want to eat you, but because they don't have hands, they don't know what you are, so they got to take a bite out of you. But unfortunately, that bite is the size of a car door. So wherever, wherever they bite you, you're going to bleed out instantaneously. Even if, even if they don't mean to kill you, you're still going to bleed out. I think sharks are even more scary ever since the movie Jaws because there's not a movie about lions attacking people. <laughs> there's all these movies with sharks. So I think that's all in our head because we think about lions. We think about the Lion King and different movies like that. True. And, you know, they're yeah. not as scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. This, this would be a good good debate if we had a, like a lot like 30 more minutes to talk about this i could definitely i have a lot more to say about this for sure maybe, maybe we can revisit this yeah we should yeah this should be this should be something we just revisit every episode <laughs> we just come back to this topic so yeah so uh this is not on the sheet but this is an argument that me and my friends have had right. so who do you think would win in a fight mm. a killer a killer whale or a great white shark. We've been very divided on oh, this uh, on this topic. Um, I think the killer whale would win. Yeah, I think the killer whale would win this. Thank you. That's what yeah. a few of us have continued to say. And then the people that argue for the great white shark, it, it just doesn't make sense because the killer whale is just so much bigger. Yeah, it's just so much bigger, and it's it's just as of a deadly predator as the, as the shark is. They don't get recognized for their for their killer instinct. Everybody thinks the shark is the apex, but killer whales 
can destroy a shark if they wanted to. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad that you could uh, come to my side on that one. So now we'll talk about do some of the would you rather's for uh, football. So I kind of went through Twitter looking for some trades that I thought were kind of even, or you know, there was two sides to it that were pretty close. So what I went with was one side got Eckler, DJ Moore, and Deontay Johnson, and the other side got Gibson, Keenan Allen, and David Montgomery. So I'll, I'll let you start off with this. Which side would you take and why? Yeah, this is tough. Um, yeah, this is a dynasty trade too. Man, I'm leaning towards Eckler, DJ Moore, and Deontay. And I'm already I'm, I'm talking about and I'm I'm favoring that side with the assumption that this is some format, this is some kind of PPR league, right? And I I, I know as long as Matt Nagy is going to be in Chicago. David Montgomery will be phased out of the game if they are in a deficit and they, they, he will always have a pass catching running back. And I, you know, and in that same breath, I think David Montgomery is a fantastic pass catching running back. He has really great pass catching chops. I love Keenan Allen. One of my favorite wide receivers, Antonio Gibson, one of my favorite running backs, but same deal with Antonio Gibson. I think Ron Rivera is going to keep a JD McKissick type back there. Eckler is the, one of the top premier pass catching options at the running back position. DJ Moore has got room to grow. Deontay Johnson, he's he wins on all levels. If you go, if you've gone to Matt Harmon's reception perception and look at Deontay Johnson, he has high 80 to 90 percentile scores versus all types of coverage. So I'm gonna have to go with Eckler, DJ Moore, and Deontay Johnson as much as it pains me to have to separate myself from Keenan Allen and um, Antonio Gibson. I think you brought up some good points, and we're definitely gonna go back to Deontay Johnson in a later episode and talk about how he gets the you know the name for all his bad drops. And we've talked about that before and how mm-hmm. that's you know in a couple games. So we'll we'll save that for another day. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm not a big David Montgomery fan, but he is very solid and he seems to be the main running back on that team. I like Keenan Allen with Herbert. I do wonder how many more elite years he has at wide receiver. And I love Gibson also, but a lot of the things you said are true with McKissick, and now that they have Curtis Samuel, they might you know throw it to him sometimes on the backfield. Right. So I think I also will go with the Eckler, DJ Moore, and Deontay. Um, I think Deontay is, going forward in Dynasty is the second wide receiver I want at Pittsburgh. I want Claypool because I think he's the most dynamic of those, but they need to get a quarterback that can throw farther than 12 yards. Uh, <laughs> Big Ben is, is, is just near the end. And uh, yeah. DJ Moore I really like. But I just I don't know what they're going to do with him because I know we talked about this. There's a game last year, I believe it was the Buccaneers game, where he didn't get his first catch until the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter. So right. I don't understand yeah. how he doesn't get the ball. Eckler, a great PPR monster, but I just wonder too. Eventually, you know, with a new coaching staff, will they want you know a, a more traditional running back and then? He might not has, have as much uh, running potential, and I don't know if he has the goal line carries on that team, but I would I would agree. I would still go with the Eckler, DJ Moore, and Deontay, but I could understand both sides of this trade. I think it's a, a pretty fair trade in Dynasty. So the next one, uh, this, uh, I actually went looking. I Googled, uh, you know, what, what would you rather, NFL or football? And this one uh, I put on the show sheet might be traumatic for Bills fans, but would you rather 
lose every Super Bowl you've ever appeared in or never make it to a Super Bowl. I I personally would pick the lose every Super Bowl because at least you've made it to the to the top and you know you at least have hope in that game at some point. I would I would think uh just never making it all the way I just think would be a hard hard pill to take. Yeah, and I also choose the same option. I think we're on the same page with a lot of these. I think making it to the Super Bowl is is an amazing accomplishment in itself. Is making it to the Super Bowl? And you said like, did you say what every year make it to the Super Bowl, or did you or did uh, you no, say make the Super every, Bowl every time they make it to the Super Bowl they lose? So, yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, it's great. It's it it still builds it still builds a lot of morale on the fan base having your team and going to the Super Bowl all the time. Unfortunately, the letdown, the down coming off that loss is going to be real low for the fan base and the team. But getting there, epic journey. Part of the journey of the season. That's part of the fun. That's why we watch, right? No, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I'm on the same side with that. Obviously, you know, in in Bill's fans' perspective, too, you know, going to that many in a row and not winning – but I think they would take that back seeing how they've had that long stretch where they weren't good. So I think that put into perspective for a lot of their fans also that even though losing the Super Bowl is horrible, at least being that good to make it to the Super Bowl that many times is, mm-hmm. is a positive for most of the season. Yeah. Okay. And then the, uh, the last one we have here, this was one that uh, I saw on Twitter and on the one of our group chats for the league winners, we Got in a pretty heated uh, debate about this one. So uh, someone mentioned that Antonio Gibson was the best running back in the NFC East. So we're going to rank the running backs in the NFC East and then kind of discuss, you know, what we think about about those. So why don't you uh, rank the their start the starting running backs first? Yeah, from first to fourth, I have Z- Saquon at number one. I have Zeke at number two. I have Gibson at number three. And I have Sanders at four, and it's it's a far, it's a distant four for Sanders. Um, I have Saquon at one because I think he's just the superb athlete of the four. I think he's better at doing everything than any of them are. Um, Zeke is great. He's an accomplished, you know, college running back. He's he's a great NFL running back. I'm not gonna have la- what happened last year on the Cowboys discredit him. Um, Gibson. I love, and he's probably going to be better than Zeke by the end of this year, hopefully. Uh, he adapted to the position quickly in the NFL. That's not an easy thing to do. I always think about being a running back. It doesn't matter in the college, NFL, or high school, and developing the type of vision that you need to be a r- successful running back. Say if you're running zone, you're running some kind of stretch run, st- zone stretch run where you have the entire offensive line moving to the left or right. And as a running back, you're the boss. You're supposed to pick which hole you're supposed to cut it up, right? And you, in doing that, you're supposed to manipulate the linebackers and the linemen at the same time, right? So there's all these things happening. You have to make these quick decisions in seconds. Gibson got better at doing that. And the rate that he got, the rate that he got better at doing that gives me faith that he is going to probably uh, – he's going to um, throw Zeke off the, that number two throne and uh, – he, he'll take that mantle and Sanders and he just, he just, the guy can't just stay healthy. He's, he's good. He's athletic, you know, um, but he's just not even close to the, to, to the other three. So mine differs a little bit. I actually have Zeke number one, then Saquon Gibson and then Sanders. Uh, someone in our group chat actually said that the uh, gap was pretty small between Gibson and Sanders, but I think there's a huge gap. 
I think <laughs> some of us felt the same way. Um, but he's, you know, a great fo- – the person that said that is a great football guy. But uh, I just think, first of all, I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. Sanders with the health. Um, it probably doesn't help that, you know, as we've talked, I'm a big Kenny Gainwell guy. So I think I think he's going to take some of those snaps once they see what's going on, you know, especially with their head coach coming from the Colts who have Naeem Hines. And I think he's going to be used similar. Uh, I have Zeke actually, I believe, uh, in my top five in projections, top five running back this year. Saquon, I have, I think, top ten. I just worry with the reports that Saquon might not play week one. I actually said, uh, someone in the group chat actually said um, they thought that the the Giants would ease Saquon in. And I said, if Saquon's healthy enough to play in game one and they ease him in the first few games with Devontae Booker, that everyone should be fired. Because that's, that's the, yeah, that's not, that's a horrible I mean, if he, play, if he plays, he should get the ball and, you know, it's one of those things where you know they signed Devonte Booker, yeah. But I mean, he's he's just. I think they should kept Gallman from last year. I think Gallman's better. Yeah, but Gallman came around. You want to yeah. know where Saquon cool. Barkley is right now? You want to know where Saquon Barkley is right now? He's thirty minutes north of me right now. He's thirty minutes north in Santa Barbara. He's training oh, really? right now on the beach. I saw a picture of him and I was like, I know that hotel. I know that place. He wore a hat. <laughs> Oh, he wore a pink hat that says Tinkers on it. I used to go to Tinkers all the time and get cheeseburgers. They have awesome cheeseburgers. He's here. He's in the area. He's training. He's on sand. He's doing cuts. It's not easy to do cuts on sand, much less just walk on sand. Walking on sand sucks. I'm not a fan. And he's over there doing cuts off coming off a rehabbed ACL or a knee injury. I'm not even sure if he tore his MCL. But if I if if I see a running back doing agility drills on sand. I have high confidence that he's going to be ready by week one. I think what he's doing is saying, oh, I might not be ready. This, I think he's just throwing shade. It's just part of, it's just part of the, uh, the dialogue, you know, as far as like reporters asking players and reporters asking coaches, oh, are you going to be ready? Yeah, well, we'll just see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. And this Saquon's ready to go. And honestly, I, I, I put Saquon at one. Um, not in terms of fantasy rankings, but just in terms of pure talent skills running backs. I can I can understand why you would put Saquon at number two, just because you're more worried about him being available for fantasy football and, and just to open the season. So I get that. No, uh, that is great, great intel that you have given me. And uh, that I'm going to definitely use that. I kind of wish you had told me that in confidence and not on the pod, you know, even though we don't know how many people are going to listen. Uh, yeah. But but I, I agree with that. And the reason I have Zeke one is he's a great talent and even though I don't like Zeke for one he went to Ohio State which uh you know for anyone that doesn't know I'm a a Michigan guy I hate Ohio State that second he will never wear a full shirt I hate that he wears belly shirts all the time I (laughs) I think he should just wear a full shirt once but anyway I think with Dak coming back with all those weapons yeah um, people are going to have to you know, respect the past, you know, open up running lanes. I think a lot of people are taking too much off of that season last year. Um, I know you've done some uh, research on Pollard and kind of game script, and you've shared that with me. And it's actually surprising that, you know, in when they're down and in passing downs, uh, Zeke still stays on the field. So they still feel comfortable with him, you know, being on the field a lot. So I think just the Pollard split and share – 
um, is just kind of rumors and people kind of thinking things. I don't think the Cowboys really feel that way about Zeke. And I really like Gibson also, but the, the toe issue scares me too. Yeah. Um, because that could linger throughout the season. It sounds like he's going to play through it, but you know, who knows how that really goes. And he missed a couple games last year, but I, I really like his, uh, you know, his future moving forward. And I don't even know what they're going to do with Miles Sanders moving forward if he continues to be hurt. So I think he's definitely by far the the fourth running back in that division. If I could, if I could offer a piece of fantasy advice from my personal draft philosophy, don't draft scared. Just take your guy and just deal with it. If you have to deal with it, deal with it. They're running backs. They're going to get injured either way anyways. Um, and as far as like Gibson goes, I don't think I've ever seen a turf toe injury carry over into the next season. I can't recall if I've ever seen that. So I feel pretty comfortable with Antonio Gibson. If anything, it's going to drop his price down. You could probably trade for him in Dynasty, bring up the turf toe issue to somebody who's not as savvy, and just get him for a cheaper price. So that is that, that is yeah. very true. It's always yeah. um, you know we never want to see these injuries in uh, especially in Dynasty, yeah. but. A lot of times these injuries help you get players a lot cheaper. Um, and while we're talking about Gibson, uh, you know, we have talked a lot about Kenny Gainwell this episode. And we probably, as long as he gets on the field, we're going to continue to talk about him because yeah. he was one of my draft draft guys that I really liked. Um, him and Brevin Jordan. So when both of those fell in the draft, that was a very, uh, very tough couple of days. But they finally got drafted. But in, Antonio Gibson was so good last year. And I don't think people talk about this enough. Uh, Gainwell was the reason he didn't start at running back at Memphis. Yep. The reason why he had to come out of the backfield and play slot and everything. Yep. So, I mean, if he if Gibson – I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean Gainwell is going to be good, but I think it should be brought up that Gibson turned into be this great running back last year. And I think Gainwell could do similar things. And, you know, he, I think he's just as good of a pass catcher as Gibson. So uh, that's, and with the Eagles, who knows what's going on with their receivers. I think they're going to use Gibson out of the backfield. So uh, I like where he's going in drafts and I'll probably have him more. And, you know, if I do any more uh, startups or rookies later on. No, and that's more than noteworthy brother that you brought that up, that Gainwell started above Gibson. While uh, I think that was 2019 more than noteworthy. And Gibson was the highest targeted running back in this year's rookie draft class, higher than Najee Harris, higher than uh, Travis Etienne. Antonio Gibson received the most targets. That guy played all over the place. I'd advise anybody to go watch his highlight reels from last year. He played all over the place. He's an absolutely fantastic wide receiver. Expect him to be utilized to some, at least significant degree this year. I'm fully expecting it, which is why Brandon and I took him in the 14th and 15th round of this year's drafts, we might have reached, but we reached for good reason. So we are full on. I think he's like the full on mascot for this show, probably this season, at least. Kenny Gainwell. I, I believe so. I'm, think, yeah. I'm thinking I, uh, um, I might have to reach out to them on Twitter, you know, and, uh, you know, drop the episode with his name. Yeah. He dropped so many times, and maybe we can get him on the show. Maybe hey, if you're. Hey, maybe if you're icing up and train after training camp one day, you can just hop on for like 10 minutes real quick and just hang out with us for a little. That would be so awesome. I think he'd do that. Hey, I one time I one time made a post about him and he liked it and he followed me. And then I wrote that Kenneth Gainwell followed me and he didn't like that, so he unfollowed me. But either way, I don't take it personally. 
<laughs> oh, that, 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 that's funny. Yeah, I scared him off. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's all we have for this show on what the fantasy. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a weekly episode. Try to cut, come out. I believe you know Wednesday or Thursday. So come during the NFL season. It'll be before the uh, Thursday night games. So. I am uh, Brandon Hay at HayB3. And I am Zara Kantabedian at ZKansFF. All right, catch you guys next time. Peace.